What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. We just got done with an, well, actually, we're not done exactly yet. UMass Lowell Bennington at halftime, but pretty much wrapped up what was a, a, an exciting Saturday, the last Saturday of the regular season of the 2022 college lacrosse season. And, you know, coming into the weekend, the biggest storyline surrounded the Ivy League, and, and that is the biggest storyline coming out of Saturday as well. Cornell, Yale, each pickup wins on Saturday afternoon. Brown also defeats Dartmouth. We have the Ivy League tournament settled that will go down next weekend. So let's let's get into here with, with, with this one and start things off with Cornell and Princeton. Princeton is out of the Ivy League tournament, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, when you look at the rankings, and let me pull this up here real quick. The, the, the rankings just a few weeks ago, I mean, Princeton is the number seven team in the country. Uh, they're the second highest rated Ivy League team in the country, uh, below Brown, who's at number five. Week 10, which was, you know, the rankings for week 10, which was last week, Princeton was number three in the country. Princeton was the number three team in the country just a week ago, just two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I mean, they've been there uh, for a while. Penn was number four at a time. Princeton, you know, they've been in the top 10 for quite some time now this season. And, and Princeton is out of the Ivy League tournament uh, as Cornell gets the 18-15 to 15 win at Class of 1952 Stadium. Really a, a, a huge win. This, this Cornell-Princeton game, I've been talking about for a couple weeks now about this is going to be important. And it, it turns out it does. Um, it wasn't necessarily for the, you know, top spot in the Ivy League tournament, if you will, uh, but it was a situation where the winner of that game was going to get in, and the winner happened to be Cornell, uh, and they get in. Cornell gets in. They were the number two seed. Um you know, and you came in this weekend, you looked at all the different scenarios that could have happened. Um, you know, there was a scenario where, where Princeton got the number one seed, and there was a scenario where Cornell, or two scenarios where Cornell got the number one seed, but uh, those were some of the more unlikely scenarios uh, to happen. I would say, well, uh, the Princeton number one seed wasn't necessarily unlikely, but uh, the just had to have one game flipped today, and that would have happened, but uh, if they would have won, uh, they, they would have gotten in, but the, you know, Cornell number one seeds, uh, you would have had to have Dartmouth win in those two games, and uh, Brown took care of business there, uh, but th this Cornell-Princeton game, uh, unbelievable what we saw from this Cornell offense, and from that attack unit as a whole, um, you know, 39 seconds left on the clock, John Piatelli takes the feed from Michael Long, gets his fifth goal of the day. 
Uh, he has five goals, one assist for six points on the day. Michael Long had a hat trick and four assists, seven points on the day. CJ Coast had four goals on the day. All in all, that Cornell starting attack unit combined for 12 goals, 17 points in the win. Um, and, I mean, that was a huge, huge asset for this Cornell team to have an attack unit, have an offense that can just get clicking like they did there in the first half, which uh, is where we saw much of that production from those guys in the first half uh, from like midway through the first through the second quarters of play. And, you know, really the 7.42 mark in the first quarter uh, is kind of where we see that attack unit and the offense as a whole kind of find its groove from that point forward uh, through the remainder of the half. The Big Red outscored the Tigers 9-2. to two. Um, You see, you know, Patrakis is going 63%. You know, during, um, during the first half of play and 83% during that second quarter alone, you see that Cornell defense, Mike Adler had a phenomenal, phenomenal day. Five cars turnovers, eight ground balls, and... and and that defense particularly uh, played well there in the first half. As they hold Princeton to just 11 shots, caused five of the Tigers, uh, caused five of the Tigers, nine first half turnovers. Um, again, uh, holding them to 11 shots. They outground balled them 29 to 13 in those first two frames as well. It was a, just a really good, Solid all-around performance there. And, you know, we say what crosses a game of runs. This is kind of what it was. Um, and really both of the big Ivy League games today were, in essence, games of runs where one team would take a punch, the other would take the other, would take another. Kind of what it came down to was the team that punched back second didn't really have the energy to fully come back. And that happens to Princeton in this one where, look, you have Billy Coyle, you know, extends that lead 13-5 to for Cornell early in that uh, third period. But the rest of the game was, uh rest of the third quarter at least, was all Tigers. Um, you know, Alexander Vidalo gets that score, provides that spurt, of four consecutive goals for the Tigers uh, in what became an 8-2 to two Princeton run in the third quarter alone. Uh, outscoring them 8-2 to two in that third period, uh, or ends the third period, 8-2 to two run, 8-3 to three overall in that third period. Really dominant uh, third quarter performance there. Sam English, five goals, one assist. Colter McAsee with that same stat line. Those two guys uh, combined for five goals in uh, that third quarter alone, you also you had a, a pair of Mackesee goals. You had a pair of uh, Sam English goals, you know, consecutive goals back-to-back from both of those guys in that frame, um, including those two Mackesee goals, made it a 14-13 to game uh, to pull the Tigers back within one with one fourteen left. They just could not get over the hump there. Um, and, and look, just like I mentioned with Cornell, was playing a, a complete game from like the middle of the 
first quarter through the end of the first half, Princeton did the same thing in the third. 58% mark at the dot from Tyler Sandoval. Eric Peters didn't have the best first half, obviously. The Princeton defense didn't have the best first half. Eric Peters finds his groove. Three saves in that period. Uh, there, That unit out, out in front causes two turnovers in that third frame as well. I thought the short sticks um, and really th- that, that rope unit played very well for Princeton in that third quarter, being able to turn those, uh, you know, turn Dodgers away from up top, uh, those corner offensive guys, when they did get those possessions and get opportunities, they weren't, they weren't being able to capitalize on it. Credit the Princeton defense there, but at the end of the day, the end of the day, the hero in this one is, is Chase Owen. Chase Owen, fourth quarter performance, fantastic. Ten saves in the game, six in the final period of play, six in the fourth quarter. This Princeton offense, like, uh, it was a one-goal game. It was a one-goal game. It was a two-goal game heading into the fourth. And he does not let Princeton get back. He does not. Stood on his head there in that final period. Fantastic, fantastic performance from him there. Piatelli, Long, uh, each had the, you know, Long had two. Excuse me, Piatelli had two, Long had one there in that final frame to kind of put a bow on things. Piatelli had that final goal of the game. Uh, but, you know, Chase Owen in cage, you know, and this is a Princeton offense, took 13 shots, eight on cage in that final period. Owen makes six of his 10 saves in that fourth quarter, keeping that offense at bay as best as he can, does not let them tie, does not let them take the lead. Caleb Newman, Gavin Adler caused the those two turnovers in the fourth quarter, both on Princeton, both caused by Cornell defensemen. Good defense in the second in, in, in the fourth quarter. Good defense anchored by Chase Owen there. Cornell, they will uh, co-champions along with Brown and Yale in the Ivy League. They will be the number two seed. And they will play number three seed, Yale, who beats Harvard in overtime. And I still need to go back and watch the um, the first quarter of this game because I missed it. I was writing up uh, the Cornell-Princeton recap and uh, wasn't on the TV yet as the uh, whatever game, softball, whatever the heck they had, went over. Um, so we picked it up. It was uh, 3-0 Yale when it picked up on the TV. Uh, but this, uh, again, another game of runs. Another game of runs, and it was particularly exciting uh, down the stretch there. Uh, in the second half, you know, Colin Bergstrom, y- Yale is clearing the ball. You get called for a holding penalty. Colin Bergstrom does on Harvard. He's in the box for 30 seconds. Bulldogs. And, like, I can see where some Hollywood fans might be a little, should it, the penalty have counted? No, because apparently Andy Shea calls a timeout at the same time as the flag is done. 
They say they threw the flag first before the timeout, which is why they stopped play. So Yale gets the ball back. Uh, Yale gets the timeout, and they come out man up. And uh, get the first shot from Thomas Bragg. It's wide. Second from Leo Johnson goes above the cage. But on that third one, Thomas Bragg finds himself. Dude's butt naked wide open up top. I don't know why they're not pressuring on him. Um, I know this this Harvard defense wasn't pressing. Um, Kyle Mullen goes down in the third quarter. You have Colin, um, Christian uh, Bardnard comes in and look, uh, he made two saves. Um, He wasn't the best, but he did what he could. Credit him for that. And cut it this hard with defense. They dug their heels in. Uh, but I don't know why you and I get it, your man down, but why do you not pressure out on Thomas Bragg? He is one of the best outside shooters in the country. You can't not pressure him. And they don't really. Um, you know, take a step as he's winding up. Um, basically trusting uh Bar to make the save. And look, I mean I'm not going to make the save. I don't think many many uh, goalies make that save. It was an absolute rip. It was a rocket. Um, and, you know, he ends the day there. That's his hat trick, and Yale gets the win. Um, but, like, before this, prior to that final Yale possession, Harvard, you know, y- you have the opening faceoff of overtime, and it looks like Yale's going to get the possession. Brian Tevlin, I don't know if he was throwing it or if it just kind of flew out of his stick as he was picking up the ground ball. Um, but Chase Yeager grabs that thing out of the sky, takes it down, and Chase Yeager, like, he had a really good play in the, uh, in the final seconds, 39 seconds left, I believe it was, in the um, regulation in the fourth quarter to strip the Yale offensive player, take it up in the offensive zone. That helps force overtime. He get, he helps get Harvard that opening possession of the overtime period. Owen Gaffney shot sails wide. Sam King gets a good look on Cage, but it's stopped by Jared Popcat. So Harvard had their opportunities to win this one. Um, they're in overtime. They're unable to do so as Yale gets the big win. Um, and look, this is a game you saw it tied a lot late in this game. Um, Hayden Cheek makes it 12 12, uh, you know, with just seconds left in the third. And then you had Owen Gaffney, man up goal, Joe Dowling. Uh, scoring a minute, less than a minute later there in this one. And uh, Dowling had a fantastic game, came into the into the game with, I think, six goals on the U. He has a hat trick today, uh, really strong performance from him. You know, and, and that those two goals, uh, the Gaffney goal gets them up 13 to 12. That's Harvard's first lead of the game, first lead of the game. Yale got up early, and Harvard just kept on pressing, pressing, and pressing, and pressing. Kept on putting it, uh, you know, getting back closer. They'd get within one. 
They would get within two. Uh, they never got down more than four, but they were right there on the whole time. And they finally get that lead. Um, and then, you know, later you had Osmodronic rip from the outside. And then Dowling beats his man down the alley. Or from the wing, I should say. Goes five hole on Parkett. Uh, score there for Harvard. But, and, and at that point, like, I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, okay, Harvard's going to win this one in regulation. Because they were, they were rolling. Um, now, the face-off dot had, had really been good all day, but um, uh, against Ramsey. But, you know, you're looking at that thing and you're saying, okay, this is a game that's going to go Harvard's way based on how they were playing late in that game. Um, ends up not being what happens there as Yale answers. Matt Blandau puts an end to that three-goal run. With 12-16 left in regulation. Nicholas Ramsey, face-off win to the house. Wins the ensuing face-off, Chris Lyons. Boom, knocks things all up at 15. This this was a game where, um, again, a game of runs. A game of runs, heavyweight boxers going back and forth, trading punches, and uh, Yale gets the final punch here. Really, um, you know, you look at, like, the clearing and the riding. I thought Harvard did a good job in the ride. You know, I, I – and Yale's been a pretty good riding team all year. It doesn't, like, when when you're watching it, you don't really see, like, okay, is Yale doing really good in there? They won't. And, and that's similar with the the Princeton-Cornell game. Now, I thought Cornell did. They did have some good opportunities on the ride um, there. But really, both of these games were pretty even. Um, the, the, the Yale, obviously, you know, get, got the advantage at the faceoff dot. Uh, Nicholas Ramsey, 63%. And then in cage, Joe Paquette, 12 saves. As I mentioned, Kyle Moore goes down uh, late in the third there for Harvard. And uh, big win for the uh, for the Bulldogs. Big loss there for, for Harvard. Harvard is out of the Ivy League tournament. Uh, their season is more than likely done. I don't see a scenario like with Princeton where they can still get in the NCAA tournament without winning in the um, – without an Ivy League tournament performance. Another game, a couple other games to mention today. Uh, Hofstra upsets Towson, uh, their season finale, 15-14. to uh, Roy Jones called game there, final seconds left in the contest. Um, and Hofstra got up early in that one, and they led – uh, the entire way. It was only tied three times, I think. And that was all on the fourth. Um, there. Towson still goes to the uh, CAA tournament. Uh, Hofstra does not. Towson faces UMass, who they've beaten. Johns Hopkins, Ohio State. 
rolled in the Big Ten quarterfinals. I did not get to watch this one. I don't have the Big Ten Plus subscription anymore. Uh, did that for like the first few months of the season, but uh, with the last couple of like weeks being on TV, uh, canceled that thing. But you know these two games were kind of as expected. Um, Ohio State and Johns Hopkins uh, each get the win, so Johns Hopkins uh, will play Maryland. I think we know how that's going to end up, and then Ohio State plays Rutgers. Uh, that one will be interesting there on Saturday. Um, you know, it kind of looks like Big Ten's Big Ten's going to get three in. Like, I, I just think with Ohio State winning that one, and we talked about it on Tuesday, they're going to get three in. Um, Ty Coates, six points, four goals to assist. Delaware gets past Fairfield. They go out to share the CAA title. Uh, Jamison Enomasoli puts in the game one in OT for Marist over Monmouth. Marist is the Co-Mac champions along with St. Bonaventure. They beat Canisius 13-12. Moser upset high point 14-11. Ashton Wood goes 74% at the dot. No season finale. Um, they had to win by seven. And they don't win by seven. So VMI, uh, congrats to Coach Papua. And, uh, you know, those boys, they're going to the SoCon tournament, the final SoCon tournament, I should say. Air Force and Bellarmine were fighting for that number three seed in the A-Sun. Uh, Air Force you know, kind of gets up 5-1 at the half. They never uh, slow down a bit, but they, they never really, you know, take their foot off the gas, if you will, are able to, you know, keep that lead through the finish line 9-7. to seven, And they'll be the three seed down there in Huntsville. <laughs> Moving to uh, Friday's games here that we saw. Um, I, so I need to still go back and watch this one fully. I saw the uh, like I saw the beginning of it, and then saw the later stages of it. So um, Loyola beats Lehigh in overtime. Uh, just kind of general thoughts on this because I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I thought Loyola. This was probably the one of the best performances we saw from them. Um, no, Lindley, he had five goals on the day. Olmstead, four goals, one assist. Bailey Savio, 60% of the dot against Mikey Sisselberger. Um, no, Cam Wires played well. Uh, Peyton Rizanka played well. Six ground balls, three cost turnovers. Sam Schaefer, eight saves to anchor things on the back end. Um, I, from what I saw, I, I just thought this was a good defensive performance from Loyola. Um, now they did give up 12 goals and it was a game of runs, uh, very much so, uh, with Lehigh going on that big run there in the second half, uh, to potentially win this one. But, uh, you know, Kevin Lindley gets the win there in overtime and, uh, yeah, good win for Loyola. Uh, the Patriot League tournament is now, uh, completely set. As far as we're concerned, uh, you know, Bucknell and, and uh, Navy played on Saturday as well. Navy won that one. Uh, so, you know, this thing is set with Boston U as the number one seed, Army as the number two seed, Loyola three, Lehigh four, Navy and Bucknell there five and six. Um, and speaking of Army and, and, and Boston U, uh, the Black Knights knock off uh, BU on Friday night. Um, I, I tuned into this one. 
And uh, Will Coletti um, handled the rock, pushed things upfield, scores an empty netter, 16 ticks left, puts a little icing on the cake there. Um, Army, I thought their offense played well. Their offense played very well, especially in that second half. Um, you know, Boston U, again, showing that depth. Um, do I mention Patrick, Patrick Morrison was back in this one, um, but he did not play at his traditional close spot. Um, you had Roy Meyer still started close there, uh, Morrison at the LSM spot. So he is back. So good to see that. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited to see this one. I think we're going to see this one probably again. Um, you know, Kaladi, 51% at the dot there. Uh, really kind of a bounce back game, if you will, for him at the dot after, and a bounce back win for Army in, in total after losing to Navy on Saturday, um, or last Saturday, I should say, uh, in that rivalry game. Um, and, and Army really showcased to me kind of for the first time this season uh, against a team other than, you know, Syracuse. Um, and, you know, they, they did it against Loyola, but, and they've done it against some other teams, but like against a, a defense that I think is probably one of the better ones there in the, in the Patriot League, certainly bigger, certainly more athletic than some other Patriot League defenses. Like they can, they can just run circles around you. And, and they did that. They did that. Um, you know, Brendan Nickton, eight assists on the day, two goals. That's 10 points. Uh, it's a program record, eight, eight assists. I mean, he was just distributing. And, I mean, they were getting looks from all over, uh, really all, all over the field. Just had, you know, Nickton behind the cage, distributing. They're getting a lot of looks on cutters above GLE. Um, and then... You know, you, you saw some opportunities off the face-off, as I said, um, some transition opportunities as well. Really a, a, a really good performance from Army all around. You know, able to hold uh, the Taylor offense as best as they could. And kind of the dangers of the Boston U offense is like, hey, they – they can get hot whenever they want. And, you know, they're not the biggest guys in the world. They're on the short side, on the smaller side. But they have blazing speed all over at that attack unit. And just the way they're able to kill you with that speed, um, you really saw that late in the game where they were able to come back and, and, and for a minute they looked like they were going to force overtime or, or possibly come all the way back and win it. Uh, Boston U is unable to do that as Army gets a big win there. And uh, possibly, you know, we were talking on Tuesday, the NCAA selection, um, possible two-bid Patriot League. I don't know. If Army does, so let's say these two teams see each other again in the Patriot League title game, which I would love to see. And Army, Army wins, yes, they're in. Does Boston U get in? If Boston U wins, I think it'll be a more difficult task to get Army in. 
meaning they'll need some help from elsewhere. Uh, but, and they're not going to get that from the Big Ten uh, now, obviously. Um, but it plausible. We'll see how the RPI uh, shakes out. All right, folks, that is it for today. Do you want to mention before we get out of here, a couple games tomorrow, Syracuse, Notre Dame, um, and Duke, Carolina, the Duke, Carolina game. Important, 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 important. Both those guys on the outside looking on, on the bubble. That is Carolina's last game of the season. That is their last chance. That is Carolina's last chance to, to get in the NCAA tournament. And they better hope that Duke wins. If they win that one, and I know Carolina fans would never want to do this, but they're going to have to sit there and pray that Duke beats Notre Dame next week. That's just how it's going to have to be. All right, folks. And they're going to need some help from elsewhere also. So it's going to be an interesting next week. Conference tournament play getting underway. I'll be back here on Tuesday to preview it all. Actually, we'll be back here on Monday because um, they do get underway on Tuesday uh, with the Patriot League. So, you know, until then, stay tuned on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. We'll have conference previews up for every single conference as the tournaments get underway this coming week.